welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 303 of the podcast. It's Jessica. How's everybody hanging in there? Everyone doing okay? Can you believe we're into May already? I think mentally it helps because knowing we only have a month left of school and needing to keep up on this type of, I don't know, more rigorous lifestyle where we're distance learning or having different expectations placed upon us kind of nice to know we only have a month to go, right? Even if summer's going to look a little different potentially, you know? But anyway, I hope this podcast can keep you company today. Infertility is something that many women suffer in silence about. And my guest today is going to share her own personal journey with infertility and how she's helping women everywhere in their fight to grow their families. Hallie Teco is my guest today. She is the founder of the company Natalist, which designs products and offers support to women pursuing um, growing their family and having children. She is so well-spoken and so passionate about helping others in this space. And we talk about how she personally was impacted by infertility, how others helped her or didn't help her so much through that time. And it's just a really wonderful look at this topic that many people feel insecure about sharing with the world. So I'm excited to have you here from Hallie today. So let's just dive right into my conversation with Hallie Teco. All right. I'm so excited to be chatting with Hallie Teco this morning. Hi, Hallie. Hi. Thanks for having me, Jessica. It's my pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from today? I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, where it is 77 degrees. Oh, lovely. Is it humid yet? Or are you on that beautiful window of, of springtime? <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It's not. So my hair doesn't look too bad yet. <laughs> we used to live in Virginia and we wanted so badly to get down to Charleston and we never did. And that's one of my biggest regrets from living on the East Coast because now we're in California again. And yeah. it's like, ugh, I don't know if I'm going to make it out there again, but I just hear such charming things about that town. It's, yeah, it's great. We moved here because of family, but it's definitely a a destination. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny. I grew up in Ohio Mm. and I went to college in Cleveland. And when I was graduating college, because I'd spent, you know, all of my life until that point um, in Ohio, I, I did study abroad and I did intern in New York. But when I was kind of deciding where I wanted to move after college, I said two things. One, no snow ever. Mm -hmm. And two, it has to be a tourist destination because if tourists don't want to go there, then it's probably not a great place for me to live. So so I've since lived in in San Francisco and um, I I spent six months in Italy and now I've been in, in Charleston for about two and a half years. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you have lived some cool places. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I am so excited to chat today. I know a lot of people listening have experienced some form of infertility or at least know somebody that has. And my hope is that whether you've experienced it yourself and you'll, you know, feel that camaraderie in what we're talking about today, or if you haven't, I think it's so helpful to hear from people that have gone through it 
and have some deeper perspective on how they can help other people going through that journey if they haven't experienced it themselves. I think that insight is really important. Yeah, I agree. I always say if, if you haven't faced infertility, one of your bridesmaids has. Yes. One in eight couples face infertility, which is defined as um, actively trying to get pregnant for 12 months and not being able to um, if you're under 35 and mm-hmm. six months if you're over 35. Yeah, it took me 18 months to get pregnant with my first and we started doing some marginal interventions and thankfully it did it did work before we had to progress to to higher yeah. levels and more intensive levels and i'm so grateful that that was the outcome yeah, for us you, but what did you do what do you so what, um, i actually marginal steps yeah <laughs> so so i did a lot of tracking and everything like that and i was 26 and so still young and everything like that and so i had um an HSG, is that right? H, uh-huh. yeah. So it's it's one of the only treatments that's very there. painful. It is painful, but it is. <laughs> I didn't realize that it's not only diagnostic but also therapeutic. And so my yeah. my belief is that when they shot the dye up there to see if there was any blockages, it probably cleared out any yes. small blockages that maybe weren't going to be detected by other tests but yeah. that that force kind of cleared cleared the way and I got pregnant the next month in fact yeah so wow. that That's was successful great. for me it is, yeah, it is uncomfortable um, though it's one of those that I don't feel like you get a heads up before the procedure about no. I found it one of the more painful procedures that I went through and just really wasn't expecting it and then I remember going back onto the forums online and um, that, that was kind of like the common stance is like, oh my gosh, this was so, some women are, you know, it didn't bother them, but there's a group of women who are like, wow, why didn't someone tell me it was so intense? Okay. This is pretty, I, most people haven't had this done. And so I haven't really talked about it with anybody in terms of what I experienced, but yeah, because it's an outpatient thing and it is very quick overall. Yeah. yeah you kind of think like, oh, it can't be that bad, but any amount of intensity, even for a short period of time, it's like a huge like <laughs> rush of like, Whoa, like somebody like sitting on your stomach in a very bad way. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. That, that makes me feel a little bit better. So there you go. The first, <laughs> the first evidence of validation in this conversation. Yes. Okay. But well, it's worth it. Right? I would recommend it. And in fact, the hospital that I, I did it at um, was running a test to see how many people got pregnant within six months after that procedure. And they were anticipating really, really high numbers. And they called me a few months later and said, have you had success? Are you pregnant? And I said, actually, yes, I am. And they said, we're getting a lot of positive responses. So I don't know. I had never heard of it before. And it's not yeah. something, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm not sure who's a candidate and who's not, but that that did help me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I I actually don't know how common it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but it certainly seems like a great first line, um, of defense against infertility. And as you said, you know, it it worked for you and it sounds like the study that they were doing, which we should look it up and see if they published anything. Sure. Yeah. Interesting Mm -hmm. to see the outcomes. Now, did you get it with your OB or were you seeing a fertility doctor? So my OB sent me to a hospital to have it done. So I don't even remember who, who did it, but, um, it was all through my OB. Yeah. Well, it's really amazing how, um, there's this tension between our OBs and our fertility doctors because everybody wants our business. Everybody wants to help us. Everybody, you know, wants that kind of continuity of care. And so we are seeing a lot of OBs 
really starting to undertake some of these first steps in infertility. So we are seeing um, that and uh, IUI. I've heard um, more OBs being able to perform those. Hmm. Um, obviously, the any of the infertility medications like Clomid and Letrozole, which are just prescription, that's something that an OB um, can, can support. So there's actually a lot you can do with your existing OB. And I always encourage people that, you know, let your OB know when you're trying, even if you don't anticipate any problems, fill them in the next time you see them so that they can follow along in your journey and, um, you know, be a, a sounding board for you. And they'll let you know when it's time to go see a fertility doctor when they're kind of out of solution. Hey everyone, wanted to jump in real quick and thank a show sponsor, and that is Little Passports. I don't know about you, but do you ever struggle with finding toys for little ones that they think are cool, but you know they're also educating them? Right? You want the best of both worlds, and that is what Little Passports offers. So Little Passports is a subscription box full of toys and games for children of all ages that educates and entertains. My two requirements. I love that these boxes are delivered straight to my door and they're perfect for hands-on learning for kids ages three and up. Feed their inner scientists with the Science Expeditions Pack. It's full of cool experiments you can try. During this time of distance learning, I love mixing it up and Little Passports is the perfect way to enhance their learning and their fun at home. Plus, it's an award-winning box that has the parent-tested, parent-approved seal. So for $12.95 per month, there's tons to explore right from your own home with Little Passports. So just for our little listeners, Little Passports is offering 15% off any subscription. That means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Use offer code EEP at checkout for 15% off your order. That's EEP at littlepassports.com. Thanks so much to Little Passports for sponsoring the show. Now let's keep it up with Haley. And again, I think that most people don't set out thinking there's going to be issues. You know, a very small percentage of people have issues prior, whether it's, you know, pain or tough periods or things like that that would indicate there's going to be an issue. So I think a lot of women are caught off guard. And I mean, for you, what did you envision as far as your own potential family and how did things unfold for you personally? Yeah. So we started at around 30. My husband and I had been married for a few years at that point, two or three years, and really didn't know what to expect. My mother struggled um, for a long time. Uh, She had over a dozen miscarriages, including a stillbirth at like five or six months. And she had me the surprise miracle baby at 36 which, you know, was very, very old, um, you know, back in the early 80s. So, you know, I, I heard her struggles. Both my sisters had were able to get pregnant in their 20s. They both miscarried, but they also both, you know, were able to get pregnant. So, you know, I, I feel like I sensed that it, I wish I could get into my mind because I don't really quite remember, but I'm sure I sensed that, you know, this could be a, a bumpy ride. Um, and so, you know, we did the, everything we could at home. I mean, that was the goal was like no medical interventions and, uh, everything from, you know, obviously the low hanging fruit of tracking ovulation timing, um, you know, trying to optimize for your fertile window. I did all the supplements. I went on to do, um, the acupuncture, which, um, now I've learned there's really not great evidence for acupuncture, 
Um, I really feel like it was kind of oversold to me. Um, and then we started, you know, we saw a fertility doctor and kind of started down the path of fertility treatments and went down the path that most folks go, um, which is all the, the workup and the diagnostics, uh, followed by the medications, followed by um, the IUI, followed by IVF. And IVF did work for us. And I have a two and a half year old son. Um, but have, you know, kind of back, we're back in it again. And, you know, it's, it's really hard the first time around, then you get older and it's even harder. So, um, you know, that's, that's something I didn't really think about fertility treatments can solve, you know, your problem once, but you're, you know, you really are signed up for that for as many children as you want. I always saw myself, both my sisters have three kids. I kind of always thought of my myself as someone that would have three kids. I don't know why I think, you know, just the camaraderie of three is sounds really nice. Um, definitely want more than one. <clears throat> and so, you know, we're back, we're back in it. Our fertility treatments have been canceled right now because of COVID. So it's a little bit challenging. Um, and it's, you know, a waiting game. And when you're, I'm almost 37, I'm 36 and a half. And you know, you feel, you certainly feel the, the biological clock just ticking. So it's, it's emotionally really hard. We've had four miscarriages. Um, you know, we've had literally every single test, every single procedure possible. Um, it's been, uh, it took us four years to have my son. Um, and it's been, you know, another two and a half years. So I've been a patient, a fertility patient now for almost seven years. And, um, you know, it's, it's a club that I did not want to be part of, but here I am and really just trying to focus on using my experience, um, how, how I can use it to help others. And it's tricky because it's also something that is, I can help others by sharing my story, but I also want to maintain some privacy. My husband is a very private person. Um, and so there's a tension between wanting to share, you know, enough that I can help others and um, let them know that, you know, it's possible and it, you know, will happen and you will, um, it will be difficult, but you'll be stronger because of it mm -hmm. while also just honoring my family's privacy. And, and a lot of it, I, you know, say it's, it's some of it, some pieces of it are my, my, child's story, not mine to share and wanting to be kind of the person to share that with them, um, first before, you know, the internet knows. So it's a, it's a tricky position to be in. Um, but now that I work in the fertility space, um, I'm talking about this every day and I'm still learning a ton. Um, and you know, there's a, a lot of pieces of the fertility industry that need to change. Um, and, you know, trying to just do my part to make the experience better for others. Yeah, I think that is so incredible to take this challenge that, yeah, you wouldn't have signed up for if you had the option, right? And you didn't want to be a part <laughs> of this club. But, but here you are, and you can either use it for a powerful reason to be, to be able to inspire others, to encourage others to change, you know, whether it's policies or procedures or whatever it is, because... Yeah. When you're when you know something firsthand versus just knowing about something, it really changes you, doesn't it? It it really does. Yeah. Being able to truly empathize with others um, really makes a difference, and we're really the only 
woman-led company in this space. Our team, we're all moms. We've all been there. Um, you know, we've all gone through trying. We've all had various experiences. And on our team page for Natalist, we actually have, um, you know, just a quick bio. And then we kind of have these hashtags that kind of share a little bit into each of our journeys. Hmm. And to me, that's really important way for us to build that relationship with our customer and show that, hey, we've been there. We've been where you are. All of our journeys look different and so will yours. Mm. Yeah, I think that privacy component that you just mentioned is so interesting as well Mm -hmm. because I was just talking to somebody else who had something in her past that she didn't feel like she could be open about because other people were involved and it was Mm. not shameful because it needed to be shameful, but it was shameful for her. And it's so tricky because when you get a cancer diagnosis or – you have, you know, you have, you know, some type of, of loss or, you know, something like that. It's like it naturally elicits a sense of, of sympathy and you feel less of a need to be private about it because like people get it a little bit more. But I think it's mm-hmm. so common for people to be very quiet about their infertility struggles, miscarriages. I mean, everyone kind of varies in telling people that they've had a miscarriage and not and things like that, right? But then a lot of people are left suffering in silence and it's quite isolating. And I think we underestimate the power of of having to suffer in silence and the way that can can really change kind of the the course of how we get through that hard thing. Yeah. Absolutely the the worst part about miscarriage is that we're told not to share our pregnancies until the second trimester, but most of the miscarriages happen in that first trimester. So you are left suffering and struggling alone because you haven't shared the pregnancy. So why would you share the miscarriage? Right. Um, and so that's something I see commonly. Um, I've even had friends who, uh, one of my really good girlfriends um, didn't tell me that she, she has two children. She went through IVF for both of them. And she didn't tell me until after the fact. And I had already, you know, I kind of opened up to her about my journey. And then she opened up to me about hers. And I said, I can't believe both of us went into this, not sharing the, that we were in IVF because we could have really commiserated together. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to the, the silence and the stigma around it uh, that, that we all face. And I think that is changing. We are seeing more people uh, opening up on social media about their journeys. Uh, there's a hashtag and an account called I Had a Miscarriage that is normalizing the fact that a good number of, of pregnancies end in miscarriage. And you don't want to distill it down to you know, a statistic, but it also helps you realize that you're not alone. That's Mm -hmm. how powerful the statistic is, is that, you know, you, if you haven't faced it, there is absolutely someone close to you in your life that has faced it. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank another show sponsor and that is Oak Dental. You've heard me talking about Oak Dental, that's O-O-A-K Dental, which stands for one of a kind. And truly their toothbrushes and flossers are one of a kind. At Oak Dental, they've created a toothbrush with a V-shaped tapered bristle to conform to the shape of your teeth, which allows the outer bristles to stimulate the gum line. You see, dental hygienists, they teach patients to turn their toothbrush to a 45-degree angle, stimulating that gum line, and quite honestly, people, including me, don't really comply to that. They just do their thing. 
when we hand a toothbrush to our kids, they're not doing it properly, and that's when you end up with dental issues. So this toothbrush takes the user error out of improper brushing, and it's great for people that don't listen or have physical struggles, whether it be the elderly, special needs uh, issues, dexterity challenged, and kids. And we want to prevent a generation of people with gum problems and teeth problems, and they want to help. So I cannot recommend their toothbrushes, and then their flossers are so cool. They come in individually packaged packaging, and so you can throw them in your purse, and you will never have that issue where you have something stuck in your teeth, and you don't know what to do. It's so cool. So you can pick up Oak Dental products at Amazon.com now and everything's linked at extraordinarymomspodcast.com thanks to Oak Dental for sponsoring the show and also I wanted to thank another show sponsor and that is Blue Blocks you've heard me talk about my Blue Blocks blue light blocking glasses I am so obsessed with this Australian made science back glasses brand that is blocking harmful artificial blue light emitted by our man-made lighting like digital devices computers iPhones, things like that, and it really is preventing your body from performing how it should. So these beautiful glasses are so well made. I'm wearing mine right now. I have the Jasper frames on, and they are so cute. In addition to not having headaches at the end of the day, I'm noticing a big change in my sleep as well. We get so much more energy when we have a good night's rest, and their Blue Block Sleep Plus Blue Light Blocking Glasses are perfect for helping you to have a good nighttime sleep and turn your brain off at nighttime. So I would highly recommend their computer glasses, and also they have so many more options that can also be made into prescription frames as well, which is so, so cool. And for every pair of glasses purchased, they're donating a pair of glasses to someone in need in the developing world. So go get 15% off. Head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter code EMP at checkout for 15% off. I hope you'll get yourself a pair of glasses today. All right, let's keep going with Hallie. And if you haven't been through it, it is so hard to know what to do or what to say. And sometimes we fear saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or bringing it up and resurfacing the sad feelings. Like that's that's at least how we think about it. But the person suffering, they're living it and they're not forgetting about it, even if you don't bring it up, but they feel more alone when you don't. So for you personally or for other people you've spoken with, what are the things that we can do to support somebody, whether it's going through infertility in general miscarriage, um, the treatments that are incredibly grueling. What can we do to be of support? What are the things we should say or not say? Things like that. Yeah. So, uh, and I think they're kind of different things based on what people are going through. Um, you know, what not to say never, um, you know, for someone struggling with infertility, just, just don't give them tips on how to get pregnant. Um, if they're dealing with infertility, they've, they've tried everything. So it, it kind of can be misconstrued as kind of blaming the victim. Like, oh, did you try this? Assumes that that person hasn't. So, um, you know, if they ask you for advice or how did you get pregnant or what did you try, by all means share, but offering advice on how to get pregnant to someone who is struggling to get pregnant is not helpful. Um, being there as uh, a sounding board, as a shoulder to cry on is the most powerful thing that, that you can do. Just say, this isn't fair. I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. I am here for you however you need me. And let the friend kind of 
decide how they do need you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, you know, I've shared with my closest friends the details of what we've gone through. And, you know, I really appreciate having people that I can just, you know, cry on the phone with um, or even better in person with. Um, but then I also, you know, at some point, I, I have to put it behind me and move on. And so when, you know, friends say, I want to, you know, I want to talk to you about it. Someone's like, I'm done. I've, I've cried as much as I can possibly cry. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And my friends understand that. Um, they, you know, they, and they've been amazing. And I could not, you know, have gone through all of this without my friends and my family and my husband. Um, but, you know, not pushing too much, I think is really important because people, need to grieve in their own way at their own timeline and just being there when they're ready to cry and not pushing them when they're ready to move on. So, you know, being able to, um, recognize that in a friend and if it's a good friend, you should, you should kind of know their signals. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. I've had friends, um, send me ice cream after miscarriages. I've had friends, um, you know, send me little care packages with, neck wraps and candles and bath salts before IVF treatments, um, you know, little gifts like that. If that's your friend's love language, you know, figure that out and deliver. Um, if, you know, it's just time, just being there, you know, the, I believe in the, the love languages. So know the love languages of your friends yeah. and, um, you know, cater to that. I, I, whatever you do, don't um, avoid a friend. I've, I've heard this from so many women who feel like they've been alienated because their fertile friends don't know how to support them. And so it's easier for them to avoid the conversation. And I think that hurts a lot when, um, people are are avoiding their friends. So Mm -hmm. don't do that. Um, don't offer advice. Don't tell someone to just adopt. Um, there are kind of common, um, you know, taboos and, you know, we actually did a blog post that, uh, about this on Natalist where we kind of collected things to do and not to do from our Facebook, um, and Instagram followers and got a lot of ideas and input, but I think just overall, you know, being there, catering to your friends needs, how they want to be supported, um, and not, not pushing them to talk about something, um, would really be the way to do it. I think that is so, so fantastic. Yeah, that that feeling of being remembered is so incredibly yeah. powerful. Um, another question that I yeah. that I ask a lot of people uh, in lots of different circumstances, one of my friends just lost her brother unexpectedly. And so I've just been texting her, how are you doing today? Today, yeah. right? And gives mm-hmm. them really permission to realize. I love that. There's, there's yeah. grief goes in waves. And while you may yeah. have a really good day, Sometimes, even after yeah. a really hard thing or in the middle of a really hard season, you may so so you you might get the response. I'm actually doing really well today. I'm I'm going yeah. outside. I'm, I went for a walk and it felt so good. And da, da, da. and then if you follow up a few days later and say, "How are you doing today?" and they say, "I'm back in the thick of it and I'm feeling so sad," then you then you know how to respond, right? Not just "How are you doing?" because that kind of just leaves it open to like you're supposed to say fine. You're supposed to say I'm yeah. fine because we're all supposed to be fine and <laughs> we're not all fine, yeah. right? So just I that that, that word is good. And I think I love that. And I think you can you can probably being an outsider see the things that your friend was doing when they were fine. So say they went on a walk and and they were fine, and then a few days later they're you know they're down again. You now have that info like, like hey, do you want to go for a walk? I know that that made you feel better the other day. 
this is the time to invest in friendships. Um, you can really strengthen friendships and make such a difference in someone's life by being there for them. Um, if you care about someone, if you care about a friend, then this is really the time for, for you to step up as that friend and pay attention to the details and help them. And you literally could change someone's life. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And it, it is so powerful. One last question that I do have that I think is a really sensitive yeah. topic for people is people are afraid to share that they are pregnant when they know somebody else is struggling yeah. with their own fertility or a loss or things like that. What, yeah. I mean, you can't answer for everybody, but yeah. how, how do you, bro- how do you advise people broach that? So I can, I can speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a girlfriend recently who, um, told me that she was pregnant and was a little nervous and she, she wanted to FaceTime me into her first ultrasound um, and was like, I don't want to, you know, if this makes you uncomfortable or this makes it harder for you, you don't have to, you know, do it. And she was so cautious about bringing me into this big life event for her. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so excited for you and your fertility does not make me less fertile. I am so excited to have another little baby to, you know, love on. It, it really doesn't, um, impact me. In fact, I would rather my friends tell me the way they tell everyone else versus hold anything back because of my struggles. Um, that being said, you know, I certainly have baby fever and baby envy. I've, you know, I've had my breakdowns in the target baby aisle. Um, you know, that's, that is a a real experience that I face, um, being someone who struggled with infertility, but that doesn't, to me, that's like a separate, like me looking at a baby and being like, oh, I really want one. Does not make me less excited for my friends? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's speaking for me. Now, I will say I'm part of a lot of infertility groups on Facebook, and it does seem like there are women who um, really struggle when they hear the news, especially when it's someone younger or someone who's been trying less. They, they're comparing themselves a lot. And, um, you know, their, their pain is real. I don't want to, you know, delegitimize their pain. They, they really are, you know, facing sorrow by, by seeing this, but I, I hope that those folks can learn to both find joy for others and still, you know, feel sorry for themselves. They're they're too sad. They don't need to be interconnected. Hey everyone, wanted to interrupt one last time and thank a final show sponsor, and that is Cosmetology. Cosmetology was created by Dr. Janice Covey, a mom who was just frustrated when her youngest daughter was diagnosed with eczema at three months old and none of the other products on the market were working, and they were chock full of toxic chemicals. So she developed a few products that really helped her child's skin to heal, including a lotion bar, and of course she has amazing hand soaps as well, which we all cannot get enough of and can't find enough of in our stores. So the lotion bar is my favorite product of cosmetology because A, for me, it's great for travel. It's TSA approved, it's solid, it won't spill, and I can hand it to my son Jackson, who's four, who also has eczema, and he can put it on after his bath, and it's so unique because it's a solid. It doesn't contain water, which eliminates the need for alcohol and other preservatives and chemicals. And he can put it on himself, and I don't worry about him making a huge mess with it. 
and it's available in four great essential oil infused scents. So it still smells good, but there's not the same risk of mess or his skin becoming inflamed after using it. So I love all Cosmetology's products. They smell great, they're useful, they work, and I want you to be able to try them out for yourself. So you can get 15% off your first order if you go to cosmetology.com and use code EEP at checkout. That's K-O-S-M-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y.com and use code EEP for 15% off your first order if you're a first-time purchaser. So grateful for Cosmetology and their support of the podcast. Okay, let's finish up with Hallie. So interestingly enough, one thing that I did when I was struggling with my own infertility was I actually started throwing baby showers for my friends and other people. And it was kind of like the counterattack to feeling that, that loss for myself. And it really did fill that void. And nobody else, I wasn't super open at the time because I did, because I was young, because it hadn't been quote unquote that long, things like that. I wasn't really talking about it to a lot of people. So people didn't know, but I just started yeah. offering to throw showers and it was so fun. It was so fun. Yeah. And it really got my groove back into feeling genuinely yeah. happy for other people. I was still sad yeah. and, and struggling in that other department for myself, but I was yeah. also feeling more happy and more joy knowing I could offer that to other people. And so that helped me. I, it definitely can't help everybody. I, I but yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice because you need to find, it's not going to change your timeline. Your yes. timeline is going to be your timeline regardless. So if along your timeline, even if it's a bumpy journey, you can get some joy by helping bringing joy to others. I, I think that's the, the best way to go about it. Um, yeah. And if you're someone who is, um, you know, very fertile and gets pregnant easily and you have a friend that, um, you know, hasn't, I think being sensitive is important, but mm-hmm. also not treating them differently and, you know, letting them throw your baby shower and letting them be part of it versus alienating them because their experience is different. Yeah. And giving them kind of an important role in, in your journey. Cause you're right. That would only mm-hmm. pile on if somebody felt like they were not invited. It's kind of like not being married as well. Right. It's like not being invited to the couple's nights when previously you were all single together and now that everyone's coupled off and married, you're suddenly yes. not invited to those things. Right. And that's yeah. sad and that shouldn't change your relationships, but while also being sensitive yeah. to you know, I would love you to be a part of this. And I also understand it might be hard for you too. So will you just let me know, just keep, you know, feel free to speak up and giving people that space. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So how did Natalist come to be your company? You really are so passionate about helping (laughs) women to manage their fertility and using science-backed conception information. Like tell me about Natalist and and what you're doing. Yeah. So the idea for Natalist, I got years and years and years and years ago when I was in the beginning of my journey. So when we were trying, we were buying all the products, the, the ovulation tests, all the supplements, the fertility-friendly lubricant, and I was going, you know, to all the different aisles at the grocery store, the, you know, at Target and trying to kind of cobble everything together. And I was like, I just don't understand why there are all these different brands. There are all these different aisles. Like, I need all these products for the same thing, which is to get pregnant. Um, And so really felt like there was an opportunity to build a company around the job the products are supposed to do. 
versus the way they've been built in the past, which is we have vitamin companies and we have test companies and we have lube companies and didn't really, um, you know, think that made sense. The other thing, um, you know, that I, I was inspired by was that these products felt very medical and clinical and just weren't designed the way, you know, the beauty products are. Um, and so just saw an opportunity to make more user-friendly products. So kind of, you know, came up with the idea then, um, I've been a healthcare investor my, most of my career, um, healthcare and technology. So, um, you know, I, I started focusing on women's health and originally I was looking for a company that I could, um, invest in and help build. And just, you know, I, I did invest in some other fertility companies that I was really excited about, but no one was approaching kind of the CPG, the consumer goods aspect. And so eventually just, um, you know, broke down and I told my husband, I was like, I have to start this company. I can't get it off my mind. We need to be able to, um, women deserve better products that are evidence-backed, that are, you know, beautiful, that are easy to use. And I think it was after I saw an advertisement for a birth control cleanse that I was like, I just have to do this because Mm -hmm. there are so much junk science out there. There There's so many companies run by men that are pushing products that don't work and women are wasting, families are wasting time and money on things that have, you know, they're, they're selling false promises. And so really wanted to kind of bring my background in healthcare um, with, you know, my, my passion for consumer and making things really easy to use. So yeah, so we, I mean, we're still a young company. We launched in the fall of 2019, um, but things are going well. We are selling at Target now, which is so exciting to see our products wow. on the shelves um, and growing fast and continuing to add to our um, product line. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. So based upon your product line that you've developed, everything like that, what do you wish you had known years ago? Or like, what is a signature difference mm-hmm. in your products that make them yeah. more effective, more, I don't know, palatable. That sounds yeah. like really weird, but you well, know what I so, mean? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the one big difference is just in the products that we sell and the products that we don't sell. Okay. So we have a page on our website that says what we don't sell. And we list out things that, you know, we looked at selling them or, you know, we know that people are buying them and we kind of explain why some things don't meet our bar for being a value add to customers. Um, so I do think that, you know, we've created a, a discipline for ourselves around what meets the bar and what are the essentials that women actually do need and, and men um, in order to kickstart a healthy pregnancy. So, you know, that's kind of the first, the first thing that differentiates us. And then in terms of, you know, making the products, we've, you know, we're definitely committed to using the best ingredients for our supplements and having high, um, you know, high quality products, but affordability is huge. So I'm a public health person. I very much care about women's health and healthcare access. So, um, you know, our, our prices are all competitive. I'm not trying to add costs and create luxury products here. We want women to love our products and feel good when using them, but we want them to be really accessible. Um, and then really the third thing that we're doing differently from the incumbents is layering on this piece of education. Um, so we're not selling medical devices, we're selling how to get pregnant. 
And so it's not just the physical products themselves, but it's also the information um, that's helpful for you as you're, you're, you know, in the preconception phase. So we have a really big library of online content written by doctors um, to kind of answer a lot of the big questions. We have a newsletter for our customers. So, um, and, and we're available, um, you know, seven days a week on DM or um, text message or email. Like we we're, we're there for our customers and any of the questions that they have. So we're really just trying to build this the way we wish the existing companies had built their businesses. Yeah. Bravo. I am on your website right now. And I mean, the packaging is beautiful and everything like that. But knowing the care that is behind each of these products and you're right. I mean, people just waste so much money and they waste so much time thinking that something's going to have a certain outcome for them. And especially as people are getting older or and even if not, every month feels like such let down when you're not pregnant again. Yeah. I know that feeling. And so when you're putting your weight in products that you can say because you have research to back it, these are not the things that are going to make the difference for you, right? And while everybody is different and that makes this especially difficult to to address this challenge, knowing what definitely will not work, is not worth your time, and what is more likely to help you, thank you for, for providing that, that way forward of that education, yeah, I mean, it's huge, right? Like we, we want our customers to get pregnant and we want them to do so in the least amount of time, spending the least amount of money. And that is a little counterintuitive for a right, business. Right, for a business, um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we, we want to do that. We do want to move more into pregnancy so that we can continue to serve our customers when they do reach that goal of getting pregnant. So, you know, we do we, our prenatal that we have right now is obviously meant to continue through pregnancy. Um, and we want to work on some other things around nausea and constipation, especially around the first trimester. So, you know, we, we hope that our customers will stay with us. But it, it is kind of funny because the longer it takes someone to get pregnant, the more they're conceivably spending month over month. Um, so it's a little counterintuitive, but we really, um, you know, our first priority and we're so committed to this. And I think it helps that we're moms yes. um, is that we, we want to help our customers achieve their goal of building their families. Ugh, there's no greater goal than that. That is so incredible. <laughs> it is, right? It's the yeah. it literally is the best, the most life-changing yeah. thing that you can do. And yeah. so um, it feels so good. And we get our you know emails or pictures from our customers um, and we, we really do celebrate with them. I mean, it really helps keep us going because yeah. we know that we're making a difference in their lives. And but we, every time we get an email that says, you know, thank you, I couldn't have done this without you or, you know, whatever nice thing they say, we print it up and put it on our wall and, you know, we use it as inspiration. So um, and of course, you know, when someone emails us and says, oh, this didn't work, you know, we, we hustle to make it right because we want, we want everyone to eventually, you know, send us that note that they got pregnant, that our products were helpful and that, you know, they were happy with their experience. So awesome. Sounds like you're doing a lot of things right, both in business and just, you know, being there for people. That is so tremendous. So for anybody listening that is in the thick of wanting to be pregnant, infertility, what would you say to that woman listening right now? So, you know, I actually, last week was National Infertility Mm. Awareness Week. And I was just like, you know, thinking of all the things I wish I had known. But if I had to pick one thing, 
it would be to throw out the timeline in your head that you have been working on, that you have been obsessed with, and just follow what the universe has in store for you. It sucks, and it might be longer than you anticipated, but when we hold on to timelines, you can add unnecessary stress and anxiety. And that's something that I did a lot. I still find myself doing. I have to, you know, use more discipline in that. But, you know, there are little things like for me, it, for me, it was always the Christmas card. It was like, oh, am I going to have a baby this year in time mm-hmm. for the Christmas card? So it would be like January, February, March, up, oh, nope, after March, if you weren't pregnant by March, it was like, well, I'm not having a baby this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I went into kind of an unnecessary, you know, downward spiral of feeling sorry for myself. Um, and so, you know, really just removing the timelines and the pressure around our biological clock, which I think is the reason the timelines come into play, why we focus on these timelines, because it just feels like we're getting older. Um, and just recognize that you don't, you have no idea how long it's going to take you to become a mom or to have a second child. And, you know, know your next steps and know what you and your partner are willing to do in order to have a child. But don't put don't put timelines around it. It's gonna it will happen when it happens, and it might be longer, but it'll be worse if you if you compare it to someone else or if you compare it to a timeline in your head. Yeah, that that's great insight. Thank you. So, where can people find you online, Natalist, all of that? Yeah, so we're um, we're on Instagram, of course. Um, so we're Natalist Co on Instagram. I'm Hallie Teco at Instagram. So would love to connect with anyone. Um, and then our products are all available on our website, natalist.com, as well as um, in Target. So Target! We're, um, yeah, so oh, yeah, we're, I, we'd love to connect if you're you know, on your journey and we can be helpful. Um, please reach out. Amazing. Well, Hallie, this has been such an informative and inspiring conversation. And I just always ask my guests one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Nothing's going to matter. The little things that happen in your life beforehand are going to seem just so minute once you have a child. I mean, you really, everything is put into perspective. Your priorities are completely rearranged. And so anything that you stress out about, anything that seems like the end of the world for you, pre-kids, you have a child and you realize that's really the most important thing. And so it's really beautiful what it does for a family. Um, and can bring you closer together as a family. So, um, you know, don't, don't stress. Yeah. I love that. Well, Hallie, thank you so much for sharing your journey, all that you've created at Natalist. So incredible. I wish you the best of luck. And especially in this season where you're hoping to add to your family, all the best to you guys. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. I hope that was helpful. Whether you are going through infertility right now or you know somebody that is, I hope this perspective either helped you to feel validated in what you're going through or it could help give greater insight into how you could support somebody going through something like this. Infertility affects so many people, way more than you even know. And whether it's somebody like me who struggled their first pregnancy for 18 months or somebody that is years into this journey who's not sure if they're going to end up growing their family biologically. It can be a really 
tragic and traumatic and lonely road to walk. And I hope we can all just support each other better. So thanks so much to Hallie Teco for coming on the show and be sure to check out Natalist products um, both on their website um, at natalist.com and at Target, which is so, so cool. Everything will be linked over at extraordinarymomspodcast.com, including um, links to anything that we talked about and all the sponsors' information as well. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today, and we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye. <laughs>